Our friends at Art of the Trek are working hard to research and add backcountry campsites to their public map. The good news is that you can add your own points of interest to the map and help your fellow adventurers plan their trips. Looking at their map, you'll see that they've finished entering named campsites in the U.S. That, that's pretty sweet. They'd really appreciate your help with entering dispersed backcountry tent sites in forests and wilderness areas across the country. The more remote and obscure, the better. To get started, head over to artofthetrek.com. Turn on some points of interest from the overlays menu and select the orange plus sign at the bottom of your screen to help your fellow hikers plan the best adventures possible. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Backcountry BSing number 102. But first, before we get started, I, I just want to crack this open. Yeah. Let's so before we get into it, we got Scott with us from Endeavor. Are we officially a brew distillery or are we brewing in spirits? Yeah, we're uh, officially brewing in spirits, but colloquially... Bruce Bruce Dillery. Dillery. Yeah. I like that. And we've got, is this, this is your newest beer, correct? No, this is actually, it was new this fall, but yeah. we pretty much sold out of it now. Ooh. And these are some of the last cans. In That's Texas amazing. Right now, so. The last, the last cans. Last All right. going to get a little, uh, rather appropriate for, uh, for us tonight. I like that they're pounders too. <laughs> what's the, uh, what's the percentage? 5.7. Oh. We'll keep it. We'll keep, keep it. PG. See, smooth. Oh, very smooth. Delicious. Delicious. And on the the new coasters, I was showing you. Shout yeah, out. Fantastic. Coaster. That's really good. Um, so there's like, are you gonna make more of this? Uh, yeah, we plan to bring it back. Uh, probably. That's good. End of summer, beginning of fall. So it's a. Uh, I can a taste red. the red. Yeah, I can taste red. red. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of kind of caramel, some of the sharp red mm -hmm. notes in there, and then uh, spruce tips instead of finish flavor aroma hops. So you get that nice kind of pine sprucey, but it's not over the top like a lot. Oh, it's of really smooth. Spears you might find that's really too smooth. Pine coney. It's got a lot of a nice soft character to it. And we got a shout out if you're uh, obviously if you're in the Columbus area, I have a link to the Brewstillery in the description. Um, check it out. Go there. They got trivia. I got caught in the trivia firestorm on Valentine's Day. Did I tell you that story? Nope. I went to Scott's bar for a Valentine's Day pre-drink. And I got a cocktail and I was sitting there and I was looking, I was with Allie and I was like, there's a lot of people that are coming in right now. <laughs> and I texted Scott and I go, is something happening here? I was like, it's gotta be something. Cause I saw him setting up with like yeah, the, yeah. and like tons of people were coming in. Yeah. I was like, something's coming. Every Tuesday night him. we do uh, trivia with Fern. It's like, I'm missing something. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's pretty fun, but uh, pretty much every seat in the house is taken most Tuesdays. It was getting, wow. and, and I felt, this is how neurotic we are. We felt really bad because like we, we had dinner reservations. So we were just coming to drink and Allie's like, I was like, I can't handle it. Like we're taking a prime table right now. We had a four person high top. There was, I mean, it, it was fair to take it when we got there and she had anxiety. We're like, we're, there are people searching for seats and we're sitting here and I can't do it. So we drank and we then we went to our dinner reservation and people were very happy. They got a seat. So anyway, long story short, if you're in the Columbus area, check out Endeavor Brewing and Spirits. Correct. Yeah. In the Grandview area. What's it? Would you want to shout uh, out the address? 909 West 5th Avenue. And check us out. Endeavorbrewing.com. Uh, stop on by. You can't get this though. No nope. anymore. You can't get this. Um, I, I also think we're going to have to do a little bit of Colorado trail uh, planning on oh. this podcast. Well, I think for sure. Cause the, uh, the genesis of this beer was actually last summer. I know on the Colorado trail, you know, we found a uh, cooler of beer off of sort of the, 
one of the trailhead junctions at um twin lakes twin lakes, twin lakes yeah just oh, this is there. good and uh what it said trail magic on it opened up there were yeah. some beers in there so go back to your video on there um yeah pretty great and so we just kind of dreamed up this trail magic can based on that it's got the yosemite it's a beautiful can thank you beautiful can squatches i know i'm now i'm getting distracted Um, because i'm trying to find the sasquatch you guys noticed the animal in the green in the foreground i did i did i did oh i get it yeah i think i knew that yeah Yeah, there's a porcupine on there directly inspired i i have those those uh trekking poles we need to hang it up back we do bryce calls it the porcupine mod (laughs) that's cool i forgot you put one on there so how um i'm kind of curious how long did it take to create this, like the beer itself? And did you do like rounds of testing? Like how'd that work out? Yeah, we did uh, a couple of our, our brewmaster, Cameron Lloyd, who's very, very talented. Yeah. He has his master's in brewing from Germany. And um, he did, I think, two different pilot batches. So we have a pilot batch where we can do 20 gallons at a time, sort of. Like a little guy. Yeah, it's like uh, basically a normal standard keg is 15 gallons, 15 and a half gallons, and a six barrel is just over five. So it's sort of like making four of those smaller five-gallon kegs at a time. And I get the comments up. Are you got the comments up? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, and so we did uh, two different test batches to kind of dial in doing something brand new that doesn't utilize hops in a traditional way and then uses some adjunct ingredients, in this case, spruce tips. I like how you put the, uh, it's like a trail sign. It's a good beer. Well, all of our beers have that, actually. Oh. So we have the uh, kind of trail marker wait, wait. sign like this. I didn't know that. Post. Yeah, so every can of beer, like when we bring out the others. It's really a beautiful can. Yeah, it is. Really, really is. Really appreciate that. Yeah, um, yeah shout out to uh, Mike Bassani, who did the design for this particular beer. He's a local designer. Okay, and, does uh, he do all your de- all your designs? Uh, he's been doing a lot of ours locally. We are we had used a guy named uh, Ben King out of the United Kingdom for our first can designs, and he's fantastic but then he took sort of an in-house design job okay. before he was freelance okay and really couldn't continue doing work for us because of non-compete kind of issues and I obviously see. really good for him i see so, okay so you got uh non-competes don't hold up in court oh yeah oh. there's been a lot of that and now yeah. we're giving out yeah, we're giving yeah. out legal <laughs> advice hey, now. and we're sued <laughs> I, have also, a, I have a question though yes. about this beer the only way i can describe the question very smooth yeah hold on the only way i can describe how i'm going to ask this question it's going to sound like i'm slamming it but i i'm not this should be good delicious can't wait to hear this it's got like a almost like a sedimenty earthy (laughs) taste to it how do you never heard a beer i've never heard a beer described like that am i I not like it tastes like dirt you maybe call it a minerality (laughs) okay yeah and it's it's just tastes like good beer it's Um, good so that has to do with typically the malt profile that's going underneath. And to give it that red color, it gets you some of those earthy sort of components. And we were really going for that Earth. natural yeah. earthy with that pine resinous kind of flavor. So sort of like you're walking through a pine mm. forest and get some of those yeah. notes coming through. It also, I think, it, this beer was came out in late summer, fall. So we are sipping this kind of toward the end of its recent yeah, shelf life. Right. And so the pine notes have diminished some. They're not quite as sharp. And some of those sort of muddier notes have become a little more pronounced. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just that I, I you yeah, know, that. it's super smooth and it's really nice not I, drinking an IPA for it, once. I know. And how do you, how, how do you make it, <laughs> how do you, like, what's the science behind, like, how smooth it, it's like smooth. It's very smooth. Thick. Yeah. Um. So it depends. 
So the viscosity specifically, the thick, is that what you mean? Yeah, like yeah. Kind of that, that yeah. mouthfeel. So that right. does also, have, it does have a solid mouthfeel. Totally. That all has to do with uh, brewing process. Like a lot of beers that you have, especially craft beers, are um, kind of thin, and they make up for that by burning your taste buds with extra hops. That's why mm. IPAs have become mm-hmm. so popular. And what happens is most small breweries operate in a two-vessel brewing system where you have a single step infusion or they add more hot water to raise temperatures. And we have actually a three vessel system that gives us full temperature control in the mashing process, which is very rare. Okay. Small breweries. Like there's about 80 small breweries in the central Ohio area. Mm-hmm. Really? What, what, what? Yeah. 80? Yeah. In, 80? Central, in central Ohio. Wow. People, so, you know, the outskirts and everything. Um, and I don't know, but I'm guessing probably half a dozen or so have full mash temperature control. Oh, wow. So it's not very common because it's more expensive. Mm. It takes a little longer, and there's a little more of a skill set involved in doing it that way. Uh, Cameron, having trained in Germany, that's the traditional method used in German beers. And the analogy he likes to use is if you're talking about, like, a loaf of bread, if you're using the traditional two-step method, you can get Wonder Bread. You can get kind of the, the white, gooey part of bread that... Is fine, but to really get those mouthfeels, those textures, you need the crust of the baguette. True. You need to use that temperature control because you can raise it to varying temperature degrees to have different enzyme reactions, different extractions, and all sorts of things. It gets super technical, super fast, and we could literally spend hours talking about we this. Might. You know. yeah. We might. We might. I'm curious. Know, but, yeah. So you, you started this starter batch and then you went what did you change between the two like you so you drank the first one you're like and what did you change um mostly it was about dialing in the ratio of spruce tips and some of the grain profile so a lot of times it's oh well let's let's bring up this particular malt Mm -hmm. to add this particular characteristic or let's dial back this hop or let's bring up this and do you uh like so you got the first batch is it like a do you you and the brewmaster, do you guys like sit there and you drink in and you're like, ah, and do you have like open discussion and then it like, and then it progresses from there? Yeah, exactly. Right. And we do that as collaboratively as possible. Yeah. You know, so our, our brewmaster has final say and really knows his stuff technically better than the rest of yeah, us. Yeah. 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 Uh, but we'll sit down with everyone mm-hmm. on our staff together as much as possible. It's the perks of working at a brewery. I know. Yeah. And we'll, we'll take samples and we'll talk about it and we'll discuss what flavor does we like, if there's anything we don't, what we need to ramp up, bring down, how the balance is working. Have you ever like done a, like a batch of something that's just, just like, like garbage? <laughs> um, not, mm, nothing, nothing. That, okay. We had one barrel that we were souring uh-huh. that definitely got a bad bug and we dumped that. Um, two barrels actually. And then some of the barrels were really good, and we have those bottled and bombers that are fantastic to remember really well. But our concept is we could have probably diluted that down and tried to sell it off, and people probably would have bought it. Yeah. Interesting. Not, do breweries do that? There. Some. Really? Yeah. Not, not all. Um, I also I need to step way back. We should have given Scott a proper introduction. If you're wondering how we know Scott, check out our Colorado Trail videos. We'll get back to beer talk, but Scott has been with us on multiple, multiple trips um, out in Colorado. You can view them all. That's how we kind of got. Well, we got to know Scott for the through the REI thing, but that's how you know this kind of formed. Um, 
So my next question, getting back to beer brewing. So you do the first batch, you tweet a little bit, you do the second batch. Then how long does it take to get into like the, you got it in a can? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, a batch of ale takes about three weeks on average. That quicker than, uh, lagers take longer. Okay. And a lager can take up to twice as long. Why? Uh, so it has to do with really the difference between ale and lager is the yeast. Okay. There are two major families of yeast. One is an ale yeast, which ferment at warmer temperatures and tend to ferment at the top of the brewing column. Okay. And lager yeast ferments at cooler temperatures and slower at the bottom. So ales tend to be more estery, flavorful, positive, but kind of that earthy sort of flavor to it. Uh, lagers tend to be cleaner. Mm. And more nuanced. Mm. There's also not room to hide stuff in lagers. So the reason a lot of small breweries don't do lagers is they take longer. Mm. They're often hard to brew and there's not room to hide things. Mm. So my trick is anytime I go into a brand new brewery, I don't know anything about, I always ask for a sample of their lightest, hopefully unadjuncted lager. A lot of them don't even have one. Yeah. And... You can taste if there's diacetyl, if there's metabisulfite, if there's common off flavors, you can tell immediately that you won't be able to tell in a pastry stout or a heavy hopped IPA. This is a, uh, we've never, we, we haven't talked that hey, much about we, the technical we, hey, aspects can we, can of beer we, making. We should do some undercover and go to some of these Yeah, and just we'll put like them. mustaches on. <laughs> it's like the, what was Johnny Manziel's disguise when, do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, went out to Vegas or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very cool, man. Very cool. So, did you had a you have a newer beer after this? Is that what you said? Is that the, is that the Nightman? Yeah, we um we got some really fun stuff coming out this spring summer too. But we released is, our Nightman beer. Is that is that based? Is that a play on what you I think it is? That. It's coming out. This is good. Yeah, it is very good. Yeah. So our our Nightman is, is round two. completely based on a one hundred percent original concept and idea. <laughs> um, definitely, <laughs> definitely not anything to do with yeah, a popular television it. show. Um, Nightman. Oh, okay, okay. So that answers my question. I can't wait to get into that. What kind of beer is this? Uh, so this is an Imperial Stout. Nice. Beautiful can. No nine percent. <laughs> yeah, it's um, that one might be worth pouring your glass or three or something. Yeah. Okay, okay, uh, we, yeah, okay. it's and it actually will kind of open up, and as it warms up a little bit, we'll we'll do that. Bring out some extra. Allie, <laughs> are you watching? Trace glass. We need a glass. <laughs> uh, but we this is a it's, Here, a, it's an imperial oatmeal stout, but then we aged it with both our bourbon and rum barrel wood. Oh. And add a little bit of vanilla bean in there too. I saw, I saw too. the barrel. So it's it's got some rum and whiskey, bourbon, wood age character. Uh, not over the top. We'll text but Allie. Balanced, and then also uh, a little bit of vanilla bean. Text the production assistant. <laughs> uh, so funny. First funny comment. So don't use lager to roofie someone. Huh. <laughs> that could be a takeaway. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> <Well, laughs> because <laughs> like they would taste they would taste the roofie right I, I assume that's i assume that's the joke i yeah we got a lot there are like a lot of things i want to talk about okay. outside of beer brewing i'm, I'm not ready to move there do you yet. know much about the aim nine sidewinder capabilities i want to talk about the chemical spill in east palestine <laughs> oh, too yeah. 
We don't have to get there. And the UFOs. Weather, weather, or spy balloons. Yeah. I actually saw something today. Why does a missile cost $600,000? That was $400,000. Four to six. Should we crowdsource for one? No, yeah, yeah. But then we need a launching device. <laughs> no, we'll just like have it. We I can put Bryce, it up on the studio. <laughs> yeah. Bryce is officially the launching device. Yeah. He can yeah. carry it up the mountain. Um, have you, since, since we last backpacked, have you, um, have you done any backpacking? Um, yeah, I've been out a couple times. I got out, I snuck into a Rocky Mountain National Park late season permit, just kind of a random. Oh, also another thing I want to talk fall. about, about national parks, but really? Yeah. Yeah. Like in Colorado? Like, no more, yeah, vi- no more sure. videos there. Well, let's get there. Oh yeah. It was, it's, I mean, gorgeous. And it was kind of the, the I've never been there. Kind of Grand Lake side down beneath in a. Recently reopened burn area. I've, I've heard of Grand Lake. Yeah, That's a very popular. The Green Mountain area. And uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. Just kind of get up there and check it out a little bit. It had been years since I've been This was there. in the fall? Yeah. Was, it, was the fall. it cold? Was it snowy? No, not not snow season. It was like September, I believe. See any elk? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's always elk. Yeah. yeah. Lots of elk, lots of mule deer uh, going around. You ba- Did you backpack? Just yeah, ha- okay. Yeah, just backpacked in. How many and, nights? Uh, two nights. Elevation gain total? It was nothing too super special. We we're just dealing with like Rocky Mountain National Park campsites kind of dictated. Oh, and really? So, oh, you know, right. You're in a like, national park. Right, right, right. You right, know, right, right. And, and we just, it was just what we could get kind of late notice. Okay. It's literally what there was. And I've, I, could, I can't imagine doing that in the fall out there. Like it's got to be snowy. Not, not yet. It hadn't snowed yet. Typically first snow happens beginning of October in most cases. Did you bring some trail magic? Uh, Trail magic, I don't believe I did because I flew out and I typically, when I fly Mm. out there, I just have to carry on, keep my stuff out there. So Very cool. Keep keep us up. Have you done any good Ohio backpacking? I have, yeah. Really? Uh, (laughs) Down in the fall, we got down to Baroque Wildcat Hollow, actually. And uh, Did you do, did you do like the wild, the Wildcat Hollow loop? Funny, funny story. So, uh, my, so my buddies, Eric and Craig joined me and we, we parked at the Wildcat Hollow Trailhead. Was it crazy? And there is like, there's like a campsite literally. Yeah. Right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we literally pulled the car up and I brought my suitcase stove. <laughs> we had like, you know, we brought like, so you griddle car- egg oh, yeah, sandwiches awesome. in the morning and like we got there late on like a Friday or something. Okay. And as we were sitting there around the campfire that night, our plan was to go Wildcat Hollow and just do one night overnight yeah we know how this works and um we just cars yeah and insane people going in, right people going yeah in, people going in people going in and we're just like do we actually want to do this i mean are we gonna so we ended up just turning south and we walked around baroque on the on the trail on the lake trail which okay. is like 18 miles yeah we've, ne- we've never done it Mm-mm. and you say it's way better than wildcat it's such a nicer trail I yeah mean, it's a state park so you need permits and campground only and that kind of stuff did you and stay in the designated no, campground we just did you just 18 did it miles and came done. Back to our <laughs> so we basically didn't even i mean we just day hiked the thing and brought a full you know and it was we saw like one other group backpacking and a couple of day hikers out. Yeah, we've never done like, that. Oh, it's it's actually Wildcat crazy. Hollow is crazy. It's been busy. It's all the OU kids. I used to go down there a lot back in like high school, and when I first got back to Ohio from like Colorado and Chile and all that, and um, it was never 
crazy. But now, just the last couple of years, man. The, those that I'll, first like quarter mile walking in is just all frat parties. I'll tell you what areas are not going to be busy: the backpacking around East Palestine. <laughs> do you think the Sawyer good, filters good transition? Do the Sawyer filters filter out vinyl chloride? <laughs> oh my god! You guys ever read? Uh, um, we joke, but it's it? really yeah, a messed up situation. Really effed up. The Don DeLillo book um, about the toxic airborne event. Oh, uh, our production oh, okay. assistant, come on in. Yeah. Uh, we <laughs> smile at the camera. You're not in it. I'm not in it. Yeah. Do you want to try this beer? It's good. Come on over. You have to like, get in the. It's the trail magic beer. We were. She was at the brewery and she wanted to try it. You were. You were just telling this stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, it's really good. Mm-hmm. This is a few of the last cans in existence. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, please close the door. Thank you. All right. Um, yeah. There's a, God, they just made a new movie on Netflix with Adam Driver. It's better. It's like they did a really kind of campy, fun. Um, Wait, what? Really? It's a Donda Little novel. This um, is not the one where he goes back in time with the dinosaurs. No. You know what I'm talking about? No. That's the new Adam Driver movie that's coming out. I thought the there's a new series out where he's like on a, another planet. <laughs> My friends are watching this podcast and talking about the East <laughs> Palestine jokes. Oh, uh, White white Noise is the... I saw that! He did. And he's like, he's yeah. professor of Hitler studies at the university. And like, there's this huge toxic airborne event in, I believe, Ohio or Pennsylvania. And like, they have to evacuate. And there's this whole... Whole it's thing. like a premonition movie. Yeah, it's a, the, the novel's really pretty spectacular. You know, I, I, the movie was shockingly good. I've gone down a few rabbit holes on this, and like we're in the we're in the blast radius here. <laughs> no, the the this the most effed up. Part. Where do you get your water for your beers from? Is it City of Columbus tap water? Yeah, but we have a filtration system as well. That I hope does it get vinyl chloride? <laughs> well, we might have to get it tested. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. Oh my god! I did. I, I just like I constantly now like on my social media so, feeds get yeah, this stuff. I know. So if you were if you were a resident there and they're now saying it's safe to go back, would you go back? No, Hell no, no. Aren't they telling you to to drink bottled water? Yeah, but it's safe. Don't worry. Well, the bottled water probably no, is. No, but it's safe to be there. I, all I'm getting are the the even our new senator JD Vance. It was out there, and I'm seeing people in the in the cricks. And they got sticks and they're digging the sticks in the creeks and they're watching. You can see like what looks like chemical residue oh, come up out of the creek. Down in the holler. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like when this first happened, it it was obviously a big deal, but it seems like over the last few weeks. That's because people are starting to report on it finally. But still, like it seems to be like yeah, and like there's all super, sorts of like super biased reporting. There's issues with like the governor not declaring a state of emergency. Well, I think uh I think I think old JD and and uh, Sherrod are taking J- care of that. JD seems to be on the yeah, but but see, here's the thing. Here's here's the thing that pisses me off about all of this. They're all pointing fingers at administrations, but not too many people are po- publicly pointing fingers at the railroad company yet. I feel like some people are definitely pointing fingers at yeah, the railroad company. They they need to start cutting checks <laughs> and cutting checks for the next like fifty years. That railroad company owned by Blackstone. Shocker! I know, right? It's owned, <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah. it's owned by a capital. Firm. Yeah, I know. It's like, I'm like yeah, I guess I'm not surprised. <laughs> wow! Yeah, and I saw they tried to write a check for twenty five thousand dollars to the city of East Palestine, and everyone's calling it East Palestine, not Palestine. I don't, I don't know. 
But I think this is like a big deal. And I also enjoyed that when this all happened, the solution was, let's just burn it. Well, actually, I listened to a little bit about that. I'm sure there was some like no. common sense <laughs> okay. science am that I, went into I, that. I think I saw in order the most hazardous of the material that was part of that had to be transported <clears throat> boiling, by the way. Really? To keep it in its liquid state. Okay. That, and, that could make sense. And Do you know what temperature it boils? No, that? Is that, I don't know. It probably doesn't boil at like water. Yeah. yeah. It's different temperatures. Uh, and then. It's super toxic. I, I don't want to be wrong about this, but the amount of pressure that had built up that they had to do a release. Otherwise, it was a massive bomb. Oh, even better. Yeah. It's a bomb, a bomb filled chemical. Yeah. It's a dirty bomb. <laughs> yes. It is like a problem. I don't know what they're going to do. No, I guess don't know no, what you're It's do. not a problem. What are you talking All about? All I saw was there's like this like radius of, <laughs> of watershed and like Columbus where we're at is like in it. You know, I don't know if that like, you know, I'll tell you. Boils at eight degrees Fahrenheit. According One to of my professors in graduate eight school. Eight degrees Fahrenheit. So that means they have to chill it. Yeah. 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 Um, one of my professors in grad school told me, oh, but that's not hazardous. So that's a, not hazardous. That's not so considered like hazardous. This is, this is how. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. This is how they deal with this civil war era breaking system. I know CNG works that way, or LNG, yeah, um, liquefied natural gas, yeah. where they compress it yep. to a cryogenic process. The uh, yeah. this is my professor told me this, and it's true. The solution to pollution is dilution. That's what they do. So they just they just spread it out, dilute it, and dilute yeah, you gotta it. Yeah, got to get Just get it into the soil. You just put it in there. <laughs> Nothing bad will ever happen. Get, get it into the water table. It'll dilute. Like, what's going to happen to that? <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit of vinyl chloride's fine. Just not a lot. Did you see the smoke hey. cloud from when they were burning it? Yeah. Hey, just like, that can't be healthy to be breathing in. <laughs> and then they're like, it turns into acid rain. <laughs> Like what? Hey, they could probably recycle all those dead fish. <laughs> oh, I saw that. That was the first, the first Use thing I got. Fertilizer for the corn. first thing I got was like, look at all the dead fish. And then you don't know like what's real and what's not real. And uh, you want to pass me those glasses? I want to. I want to try this. The three-eyed fish from The Simpsons too. Yeah. I love this can. I hope yeah. you guys can see it. So if you're fans of a popular TV show, this has nothing to do with it. Nothing. No. Nothing to do with it. Another great, another, I can't, can't not sing it, yeah. you know? Yeah. So um, this is an oatmeal stout. So explain that. Yeah. So um, part of the grain bill, we put a little bit of oats in there and that oats adds it's dark protein to the mix because um, oat is higher in protein and a lot of other things. And it gives you a nice, is this a protein kind of mouthfeel? Yes, it's a. It's a protein shake. No, it's not like that. So it's just a little bit of oats gives you a nice kind of rounded, smooth mm -hmm. mouthfeel and adds a little bit of extra flavor to yeah, it. These are, this is a Bryce-style beer. It looks like um, it looks like Diet Coke. There you go. You know? Not just regular Coke. Can you tell them apart visually? Uh, it's like, I was like, Scott's going to call me out on that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Did you bring more of these? Yes. Okay. Cheers. Your mic's not working. Uh, when I there yeah. we go. That's when I touch it. Okay, I'll do it like wine. Like, so I get almost coconut flavors on or coconut aroma. That is mm -hmm. delicious. I get coconut. That's really good. Mm. That is dangerous at nine percent though, man. Yeah, that yeah. is excellent. That is really good. Definitely coconut. Yeah. Yeah. 
coconut tropical like i mean you get a little bit of the bourbon and the rum oak wood Let's coming get the, through there get the can on that that's, um, that's is this available yes that's okay. really good it's available on tap and in can uh, while it lasts it's been moving pretty quick it's been received very well you know Someone once told me a wise words of advice was if you can make friends with people, make friends with people who own breweries. It's pretty, I mean. Hey, Scott, you want to hear a random fact about Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> He's really into drinking just vermouth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dry, sweet. Okay, so here's the thing. Sweet. Same time. Okay. Is that weird? Yes. I've met yes. several people who are like, you know what? I like drinking vermouth, too. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Here's uh, how it started. I made myself. That makes sense. I finally, I finally made myself. It's just wine that has more alcohol in it. It's disgusting. Here's what, it's all it is. It's wine. It's hard wine. So here's the thing. I got like a two months ago. So we've been like old fashioned guys, and I finally like I made myself a Manhattan because I had we, I we had one of these here. yeah I had one of these can and I was like, and Manhattans have a very specific taste, and I did not realize that that taste is really the vermouth now i still have never just drank sweet vermouth yeah, straight i've watched you do it well like i would <laughs> then i realized that the reason i like the manhattan is the taste of vermouth and then i was out at this fancy dinner party talking to this guy and he's like i make my own vermouth and we just drink it at my house he's like it's just like drinking wine it's just a little more alcoholic and i was like thank you let's normalize that <laughs> let's get a t-shirt normalize just drinking sweet vermouth normalize sweet vermouth uh, when's Endeavor's vermouth uh, line coming out? Um, well, since it's a wine product, I legally can't make it. But, you uh, cannot legally. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, but you have a, a license to make spirits and a license to make beer. So is that a, that's a separate thing? Correct. Yeah. So there are that. three licenses federally that technically have to be separate. Uh, there's a brewing license for beer. That means anything that's made from a grain is considered a beer. Anything that's made from a fruit is considered a wine. So cider okay. is actually wine. So it's a different permit. That's why a brewery, unless they have a separate wine license, can't also make cider. Interesting. And then distillation can be any input. So I could, for example, take apples and make it, ferment them in order to make a brandy to okay. distill it. But I couldn't take apples to make a cider to sell it as a fermented. That product. is dumb. That is dumb. It's kind of clunky and weird and a bit archaic, but that's the law yeah. and the legal system that we're working under since kind of prohibition era. So um, maybe we'll get some of those things changed. But So you need a license to ferment fruit to make wine. Yeah, and then you just need a winemaking license effectively. Any Is that in the pipeline? Um, we would absolutely require a separate facility okay, right, we're, we're right. so shoehorned in at our current right. location. You get those like it's a, those really good brand of, you know, Hocking Hills grapes. <laughs> yeah, those nice Ohio Concord grapes. Hey, no, no, the Lake Erie wine no, is good. No, no, it's not. I got no, some in that room. No, the Lake Erie not. wine is good. No, it's not. It's not bad. No, it's I, terrible. I have an open it's mind. It's not terrible. But I have yet to sample one that is good. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> you like vermouth and Lake Erie wine. Yeah, yeah, no, right? <laughs> you guys, do you guys not like Manhattans? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I've never had 
Not, hey, now, uh, I didn't realize they do, they make a non-sweet vermouth. You know what I had last night, though? That some was, vermouth? No, I had a Negroni. Yes, Gross. with some vermouth in it, yeah. Oh, now that one, do you like Negronis? I do, yeah. yeah it's, they're so bitter. Them. I like bitter. I'm I'm kind of sweet enough, so. i tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you. The mixed the cocktail I had at your bar, the potatoes and mm. potatoes. The pancakes. Pancakes, yeah. pancakes and bourbon. Yeah. Amazing. And my wife, who hates bourbon, loved it. Yeah. Loved it. It was very good. I loved the maple. How do you, who makes the cocktail? Like, how, who, who comes up with the cocktails? Yeah. I, I have nothing to do with making the cocktails because I'm not really a, I've never been a cocktail guy. Like, I, I like spirits. I like whiskey. I like them in their pure sense. And I like, you guys have a lot of cocktails on the menu. We do. You should, you should, um, so. you should put, you should put the signature backpacking cocktail on the menu. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the stove fuel cocktail. Stove fuel cocktail. <laughs> Everclear and a yeah, new tablet. New Nicoladas, right? Yeah. Those so are good. They're actually not. They're, they test much better on the trail after hiking 15 miles yeah, than yeah. they do in a bar setting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so our, our taproom manager, Carrie Day, who is fantastic, she went to culinary school. And I bet her. Yeah, she's yeah. she's awesome. And so she's got a really good sense of cocktails, flavors, and like the science behind putting them together. And uh, Cameron, our brewmaster, and Tyler, our other co-founder, are also really good with all that stuff. But our bar staff is also really good and have gotten amazing. So what they do is kind of quarterly, she gives them a homework assignment of like, hey, come up with your cocktails and submit a couple of ingredients. And then they we all sit down and like sample them and decide which ones kind of make it, which yeah. ones don't, like kind of collectively come up. And sometimes she'll give like, hey, use this spirit or use some of these ingredients. These are kind of things we're thinking. So gives it a theme. Uh, this weekend, for example, we are, uh, we're closing early Sunday night because we're all going down to a cabin in the Hocking Hills that we rented out is like a staff retreat. That's fun. And I'm going to the Hocking Hills tomorrow. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, we'll be down there like Sunday through Tuesday morning. So a couple nights down there as a whole staff. And uh, the only work we're really doing is we're going to take some like social media pictures and stuff, but just trying the new cocktails. <laughs> so, Wait, that sounds like a really fun work event to do. Right, and it's more about staff just hanging out and like getting to know everyone on a personal level. It's pretty cool. Yeah, of course. But, you know, the excuse is, yeah, we'll work. And you're going to do trust falls? Yeah, you could do a ropes course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. going to do a group initiation. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of all those stupid the low, corporate the things you do. Oh, ropes course. Zip lines. Zip lines? They're all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. No, we're just going to sit around the cabin. Tell me a fun just fact about you. <laughs> my do, do fun a group, fact, a group activity we're gonna start with the ball and i'm gonna throw it to you yeah that, tell that you is something that is on oh. point yeah. yeah oh my god that's yeah. pretty cool you get into a group activity one person's the ceo one person's the project manager one person's the cfo and then build a company that's not is it, i didn't do you guys routinely do this uh no this is our this is our first one doing it like this i mean we've been talking about doing trips and whatnot yeah. for a while but COVID, so two nights yeah two nights down there just as a staff so that's fun i wish my company would do that yeah one thing like we we've always said maybe since the initiative we'd like to have um some endeavor endeavors oh. love it yeah, love I mean, it horribly cheesy but that's no it works you like should that, yeah. you should like take them all mountaineering well <laughs> it's just like something crazy yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to denali <laughs> So obviously, you know, COVID was difficult getting yeah. up and building the business, but hopefully we'll get to a, a level of revenue at some point where we would like to almost 
my idea would be to make it a requirement that every employee take a trip every year that in some way challenges them as a person and that the company would help pay for that. Okay, so, cool. you know, you like, whatever that might be, it might be a weekend in Chicago by yourself. It might be a backpacking. Let's drop them in the middle you know? of the Everglades. Exactly. <laughs> Naked with a knife. <laughs> um, but in the middle of the Everglades. About Make them do challenge. that section of the Florida trail where it's yes. still through the swamp. Yeah. <laughs> All right, work retreat. We're dropping you in. You got one MRE. You have to go 50 miles. Here's a GPS beacon in case you die. It's a game of math there. Calories in, calories oh in. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, okay, so. Okay, before I, I want to talk about the Colorado Trail, what do you think about these UFOs, man? <laughs> I've been thinking. I mean, <laughs> why is that funny? <laughs> the only reason they're not in the in the news anymore. We It's the, it's the first time we've shot down things in domestic airspace. That's not true. Well, when was the first time? I think there was something in World War II. No, those balloons that the Japanese sent over, they didn't make it here. I thought there was something. All right, let's exclude Hawaii. Okay. <laughs> I think it's it's the first time. You yeah, know, it's that, also that, cool. But that's not... A, a, I'm a, there wasn't... Okay, to be fair, I'm thinking of something different. But there was an incident in World War II where, yeah, a balloon made it onto the, I think, Oregon and killed somebody. I feel like you're making this up. No, it's did, true. Did we not shoot down the aliens at Roswell? Okay. Uh, okay. Fair. I mean, no, no, no. One thing I wanted to bring up. Okay. The F-22s, only three first confirmed combat kills are all UFOs. So you know how on the side of the aircraft, they like put little like dashes. It's yeah. like three little UFOs with like crosses through it. Mm. it you want to hear something even crazier? That one over Lake Huron took... Two sidewinders because they missed, right? Yeah, they what missed. happens to the missile that missed? <laughs> Some poor right? salmon. Like, where does that go? <laughs> well, it goes heard, somewhere. You heard of a train accident recently? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that has to factor into the fire calculations. <laughs> like, oh, like sir, there's a five percent chance this missile will miss. It will take out a town in rural Canada <laughs> if it does miss. <laughs> no, where did it go? Lake Huron. Does it blow up? I don't know. I think the firing system would be smart enough to know that if it missed its target, it's like, don't detonate. And it then better just, for $600,000. I keep hearing four hundred grand, oh, 600 grand. Yeah, I heard six hundred. And why did they miss? Because <laughs> no heat I did hear it was like, like one of them was like super small. I also heard that it was like just some private balloon company that put one of them up. It was like a $15 balloon. So there were a couple of uh, YouTubers that had this drone. <laughs> right. <laughs> Shot down. <laughs> I also heard, which I believe is like true, is the reason we found these these three was after the three hundred eighty one thousand after the Chinese incident, we reduced our radar thresholds for identifying these things, and we started picking up all sorts of stuff, mm. and then we found these three, and that's like like so in theory, like they're they've always been up there. It's just now we're noticing them, and now we're just shooting sidewinders at them. The only possible explanation is aliens. Have you guys seen uh, Ancient Aliens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. And, you know, I, I really wish they were aliens, but it's really not looking that way. So then it's like, are these just like balloon, hobbyist balloon clubs? 
It's like some high school. Like the Midwestern like Science a, Fair uh, project? It's like a high school science project. F-22 comes in. Just yeah. takes it out. A Streetsville balloon club. You know. <laughs> they look weird looking. They're, they're all different. Well, first of all, we haven't had confirmation what the other ones look like. There's just describing them. Yeah. Nobody's actually seen formal pictures because apparently they... It's impossible to recover it from the land. I would think if you like shoot a sidewinder missile at a like a little balloon, it's going to blow into a million pieces and just like fall to the ground because they haven't recovered much of any of them, right? The Chinese one they did. Oh yeah, I that's a whole other separate story. <laughs> like it's it was clearly spying on us. <laughs> clearly, apparently they can't. China did come out and admit they're like, "Hey, sorry, that was only supposed to be over Guam." And I saw that <laughs> we were just supposed to be spying on Hawaii, <laughs> and it just went off course. It's like, oh my god, ridiculous. Then it's like, okay, how? But then, like, my wife was saying, like, are we doing the same? Like, no, we have satellites. We don't need balloons. Oh no, 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 we are ballooning as well. We're ballooning oh, as well. Absolutely. There, the U.S. has a spy balloon program. Really? Yes. So we can't just do this with satellites. I don't understand why balloons are better. The only argument that's been made is that they can they're probably sit, cheaper. They're cheaper and they can sit over a target longer and get yeah. better yeah. high resolution photos. You can probably put more stuff on them, but like yeah. heavier yeah. payload. Well, you could probably be more mobile with them. I think like a satellite's more in a defined orbit. Pattern. But I feel like with the balloons, uh, I feel like they just go up. Like in, like these ones we shot down were clearly in the jet stream. Like if you look at how they came down across the U.S., so they just go up there and sit. Then just drift. I don't know if they can control them. Though the well, the one that the first one you had. I mean, it was it went amok, but it did have it like, had like controlling systems. Yeah, it on had it. solar panels on it. Mm. Well, yeah. Well, it looks so dumb. I know. <laughs> it looks what I expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. All this is kind of old knowledge. I think I've moved on from being a balloon expert to being a toxic tanker train expert well i do so, want to come back to know. that yeah there's a lot of things going on it's like i don't know just the cycle of uh I, jumps on people are saying it, and, you know, yeah people are saying it's like the new chernobyl and i'm like that's i watched the hbo show yeah. chernobyl okay yeah, it's not that it's a great show yeah. fantastic great show but like let's see it is like but then on the other side it seems like the 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 powers that be are kind of downplaying it a little bit you know Which means know. it might be a bigger threat than they're all like it's just it's a distraction. Yeah. The a UFOs distraction. are a distraction. That's what like the you know the paranoid people. This say. is what happens when they they this is what happens when they, you don't release information. They're like, well, we don't know what it is. Like, okay, do you think it's a balloon? And then when they go, they literally are like we're not ruling out aliens. Like no, they okay. said that. They're like, okay, you're basically all telling right. me it's aliens. All right, strap up. Yeah, <laughs> load your mags. Like, why would you say that? <laughs> Like, like, even I looked at it and I was like, that's probably not aliens. <laughs> like, it looks like some dude welded some stuff together and put a, they put a little balloon inside of it. Like, it doesn't look, and like, why would it be shot down by our stuff? I don't know. We have a colonel that comes on the podcast. We're going to ask him about it. Um, a colonel in the National Guard. I'll have to tune in for that one. Yeah. We, Andy really is concerned with the fact that we missed... We spent 400k and we missed <laughs> and also apparently the chinese spy balloon we couldn't shoot it down with like our gun cannons we had to use missiles yeah there was a like, thing what's that about f-22 has i don't know what caliber cannon but they said that the cannon would potentially be ineffective against it 
So what the hell does that mean? So we need to upgrade our cannons. I'm just, I'm, it's hilarious to imagine these like top flight Air Force trained aviators. Like we got a, we got a balloon, bear down balloon, two o'clock. <laughs> like how does the sidewinder like? How do you lock on one side? Is it a heat source? I don't know. I bet it's classified. So if it's if there's no heat source, you just like all right, like. Like point it that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, the way they were describing it was like some of these, this one of them was like super small and they probably fire this missile from miles away. So it's like trying to hit like a really, really tiny target. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, how was it like 60,000 feet up or something? The, 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 like the or? Chinese spy balloon was like 80. 80? Some of these okay. balloons were 20, okay. which is why they got rid of them. Cause they're like, that's where our like planes fly. Sure. Sure. Hey, uh, going back to beer, actually, there's a request in the chat that says, can Scott discuss the Icelandic saga beer? It's a great beer. Did you bring some? Yeah. Yeah, I was like, all right, we're ready. <laughs> this was great. So, Icelandic saga. I've never seen a tall boy of it. Yeah, so we have uh, switched over to all of our cans being in 16-ounce four-packs. Yeah, why? Okay, what, love is it. That, like, um... I think that's awesome, first of all. But, like, what's the... what? Why does everybody do that? So, um, a lot of different factors. So, based on market research, what people are looking for, you know, really packaging perception has shifted a lot over the last 20 years. It used to be that bottles were seen as premium. Yeah. And cans were only for macro. And uh, Oscar Blues out in Colorado was, to my knowledge, I think the first small... Small. Oscar Blues is a big brewery. Yeah. But, um, brewery to put beer into cans in terms of craft beer. And since then it's really shifted just because the economy of scale, the availability of products to kind of everyone. And when you start breaking down the math of it, you know, small people, every can costs money, but the difference in a can price between a 12 ounce and a 16 ounce is almost negligible. It's gotta be more economical, right? And then the process of, yeah. So you just get a lot more margin for your dollar input so a lot of and a lot of consumers prefer the format as well. Oh, that's yeah. That's I like from the like it's a win-win, especially when with inflation, with COVID, with supply chain management, it's a more efficient use of resources. It's interesting, and uh, it's just kind of a win-win for everyone across the board. I like how it just it just prim, it just like makes you want to drink more beer. True, and it's also <laughs> if you think about the environmental impact. Yeah, that's like, a good point. You know, there's there's. I never realized less aluminum and material and all that kind of stuff. So it just it just made a lot of sense to switch that over. And uh, because it's the same amount of beer as a pretty close as a twelve ounce six packer, right? Just do the volume, and it's close. Yeah. Hey, how can there's this question came up? Can people buy your beer online? It's a great question. Okay, people have asked me before, Scott. Yeah. So um, there's a couple of. The problem you get with buying beer online is shipping laws yeah. and multi-state things. So there's a couple of different companies. Uh, Bruker is a local company started here in Ohio that's really just uh, starting to kick off. And if you go to Bruker.com, you can buy local breweries that will kind of deliver it to your home. But really just in the greater Columbus area right now. And they have this? They These? have, yes, they have our beers. I didn't know that. Um, not necessarily all of them at all the time, but we can update okay. what we have in stock, and then they pick them up every week and deliver them. Uh, there's also uh, Rivalry Brewing, which is based out of <coughs> uh, Northeast Ohio, Medina kind of area, and they do some national shipping to multiple states and stuff, and they carry some of our stuff as well. Okay. 
So you can potentially get, get can this potentially. shipped. Okay. Yeah, but we're we're just basically in Columbus at our house and then at a number of small grocery store chains, uh, carryouts, things like that. Are you in grocery stores? We are mostly. So I think every fresh time in Columbus. Okay. Carries oh. us, uh, Hills Market. So a lot of the more independent <coughs> okay. shops. Okay. Uh, the larger ones, COVID kind of changed the access to bigger grocery store chains, things like that. You know, there's two big ones yeah, in Columbus yeah. specifically. Right. Right. And the big national one is notoriously hard to break into because they're literally the largest beer distributor that, in the United States. Does that rhyme with Sh- Schmroger? Yes. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Cincinnati based. Okay. Kroger, yeah. Uh, they're nothing, the biggest in the U.S.? They're the biggest. That's actually why Ryan Geist is... I knew that. You, you, yeah, you've exactly. heard me. I, you, um, I've heard that story, yeah. It's a venture capital company. Yeah. I picked it because of <clears throat> Kroger's distribution network. Um, and, yeah, and then the, the other one, uh, Giant Eagle, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. they're, they're both really good companies to work with, so there's nothing wrong with what they're doing. But it's also, they become... With the COVID, it used to be you could kind of go into your local one and kind of get a six pack of the shelf. But with the amount of craft breweries now out there, yeah, it's just has become much more competitive for shelf space, and so it's just a whole different kind of corporate process at this point. Interesting. I'm I'm sure there's like all sorts of hoops you have to jump through to get your beer in one of these large grocery yeah chains. I only can only imagine. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, because like I, we like we order wine online sometimes, and there's like a really good infrastructure <laughs> for ordering wine. I've never totally. ever thought about ordering beer online though. Yeah, and it's it's funny that a lot of it comes down to the legality of it, and we're starting to kind of realize COVID actually helped. One of the good things that's come out of COVID is kind of realizing that a lot of these antiquated alcohol related laws just don't make sense. They might have made sense back during a prohibition era. When did, did they keep to-go drinks and stuff? Yes. They did. And so they signed that into permanent law. In fact, they upped the amount that you could put out. Nice. Um, and same thing with the ability to deliver beer locally was then added. You know, So we can kind of do things now that we couldn't do pre-COVID. Do you guys deliver? Um, we we don't ourselves just because the manpower yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. with that. But this company, Brooker, does. Okay, they do. So you can get on Brooker and you can order different beers from different places cool. too. Um. So it's just changed a lot of things and that will continue to change. And I think they're realizing that a lot of like the weirdly restrictive laws might've made sense at one point, but really don't anymore. anymore. Um, yeah. So, so hopefully that's the case. But. So long story short to this person's question, you <laughs> so, can potentially. So this was actually. Talk about this one. I think the f- good first REI event we did was with mm, you guys. Yeah. So we had a couple of YouTubers come in and in our little side event room, we did a brood, you know, YouTuber question mm-hmm. and answer session. Shout out to Josh. He's in the chat. Fantastic. He yeah. He was there. Um, we did another follow-up with them. So I took a trip to Iceland, rented a camper van, mm-hmm. drove around the ring road, explored over there, and we did a touring Iceland class, effectively, with REI. So mm-hmm. myself and two people who, mm-hmm. from REI who had been there did, like, a slideshow together, did a talk. And when I came back, like, Iceland is really cheap to get to, but really expensive when you're there. So a beer at a restaurant is like $25, $30. What? Just U.S. dollars? Oh, yeah. Well, that was just when I was there. I don't know what the exchange rate is now. This was back in... Can't be any cheaper. 2018. Okay. You know, something like that. Um, twenty Yeah, 2018. Um, so I, I took some tasting notes, had some different beers, and in Iceland... There's sage and star anise in pretty much 
everything because they grow there. It's like wild sage. Yeah, exactly. Um, so when I came back, we were doing this event night, and I said to Cameron, literally my <coughs> request for Cameron, hey, let's do a pilot batch for this Iceland travel class we're doing with REI at the brewery. So 20 gallons will just make us a weird thing. We've been talking about doing some beers that don't have hops in them from a flavor aroma yeah. perspective. And so I was like, okay, so wheat, most of the beers in Iceland used a little bit of wheat. So let's make a beer. Let's make it moderate ABV alcohol. Let's add a little bit of wheat to it to give it some flavor. And hey, let's do that thing we've been talking about and just make one with sage and star anise. Which is the black licorice. Which is kind of black licorice, <coughs> but it's not like a super sharp. Like right. Yeah. Our black licorice, the Icelandic, is much smoother and almost like a cooling effect with a little bit of like herbal characteristic. And so he just made this pilot batch that we sold out like that night. It was just fantastic. Yeah. So he did a second pilot batch, sold out again. Dialed things in a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. tweaked. And then uh, we released it then that fall, and it won People's Choice Best Beer at Bexley Brewfest, like got a really good response to it. So it's a truly unique beer that I've never had anything like it in the U.S. Like we didn't even know what to call it, so we called it like a Nordic ale. Um, it's just... I like it's that. A, it's a pretty complex malt, a deceivingly complex malt profile, a little bit of wheat in there, and then no <coughs> flavor or aroma hops but sage and star anise kind of rounded out. It's really drinkable, and it's funny that, like, probably 80% of people that drink it really like it, and it kind of appeals to both people who are newer to craft beer because it's really smooth and approachable, and nothing's super overpowering, but it also really appeals to craft beer snobs because it's unlike anything they've ever had before. Yeah, I mean, I had this one before. I'm smelling it like wine. You, can, you do smell mm-hmm. things differently. Yeah, and remember that you only taste five things on your tongue. You're right. Everything else is through your nose. So all of the nuance, so all good. of the flavor, and if you plug your nose and mm. you drink something. So it's cl- <coughs> why, why is beer cloudy again? So variety of reasons. A wheat in that malt profile will give you some cloudiness. Okay. Uh, different malt profiles will. Sometimes hops can provide that cloudiness, and sometimes yeast can provide that cloudiness. All of our beers are not filtered, mm. so some of that <coughs> will have some residual yeast in there. Which why, is actually, why would you filter a beer? Uh, shelf life stability. Oh, that makes sense. So big macro brands are always filtered and visual clarity. So people don't like. Don't this like is liquid. great. Yeah, I've had this one For, from a shelf life perspective. Why? Because you're removing particulates. Yeah, like things in there. Exactly right, and yeast is still alive. So when you're drinking real beer, there's actually brewer's yeast still in suspension in that beer if it hasn't been filtered. And people take brewer's yeast as a supplement. You know, it's got B vitamins, mm-hmm. it's got other stuff in it. You can buy a pill at Whole Foods. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Powder, you know, and that's in real beer. So it's still alive, but then over time, that dies. Okay. You know, and, and there's byproducts. And so some things, it just, you know, it takes a beer that <clears throat> might last three months and Makes it last a year, you know. Really? So it, I was going to ask you, what is the shelf life on something like this? It really kind of depends. So, um, I mean, like anything else, like, do you mean shelf life when it's best or shelf life when it's disgusting? Let's, disgusting. Yeah, yeah. And and <clears throat> that really depends on lots of things. So you can have problems with oxidation. You can have problems with light exposure, which is why 
cans in terms of light exposure are better than bottles. That makes sense. Fun fact, that's, you know how Heineken has like a skunky flavor to mm-hmm. it? Um, green glass lets more UV light through than brown glass. That seems like a poor decision then to bottle your beer in but, green But that glass. flavor is associated with them now. Correct. And so historically, <laughs> with Rolling Rock. historically and originally, it was all light struck, which means it was exposed to UV light. And very quickly, that can make a beer go skunky like that. But because the market got accustomed to that flavor, they reverse engineered how to brew that flavor oh. into the beer. So now it's just made Oh, interesting. Yeah, really? Wow. Yeah. It's like one of those things where like it wasn't originally intentional, but became intentional that's, when oh, the market learned. That's super interesting. What that is. Um, so cans, you don't have light struck problems, but you have other oxygenation problems. Um, you just have old. So you can get just different flavors. Now, something that's really hop forward or the adjunct. So remember when we're talking about the trail magic, the spruce tips have kind of muted their flavors. It's still good, but it was probably better three months ago. Okay. You know, uh, an IPA will typically three months or so. Oh, wow. Just because those hop flavors and aromas <coughs> will slowly become muted and muted and muted. But then other beers actually improve. So this Nightman example, for example, because it's a dark beer, it's really barrel good. aged, it will change over time, but my guess is that this will get better and better and better really? to a degree for a period of time, kind of reach a peak and fall off. A lot of sour beers are that way. So heavier, higher alcohol, stouts, uh, sours, things like that. Will actually, sometimes like a wine improve with age to a point and kind of taper off. So I should be getting some of this and putting it in my... See what happens. This is the first time we've made it, so we have no idea what's It's really good. I I forgot, you guys, when I was there, too, I forgot about the Campfire S'mores. Yeah. Which is a great, great beer. Oh, man. Yeah, we're almost out of that. Are you going to keep making it? At some point, probably, but it wouldn't be until next fall, winter. Really? So I need to... Yeah, it's not exactly a summer beer. I need to get over there and get some? Yeah, get some. It's just it's so much time. So little, so little time, so much alcohol, you know? This is really good, though. That was good. Um, do you want some of this? Yeah, yeah. Pour some. There you go. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Colorado Trail. Mm. Scott, you just tell me when you want some of this. Um, are there other beers in the rotation? Uh, we have one more. Okay. I can hear, like, I can hear the cooler. <laughs> Oh, that's, um, yeah, yeah, that's a... Banana uh, hammock? <laughs> no, it's not banana <laughs> hammock. Um, that was excellent. It was really good. Yeah, that was... Uh, Wait, yeah, have I had this one? So this is Emerald Empire. It's our oh, I haven't had that. newer West Coast, kind of a classic traditional West Coast IPA style. Explain what, what does that mean? Okay, so um, you have like Biggie, Tupac, West Coast, East Coast mm-hmm. within IPA. So... East what? Coast IPAs. Do they kill each other too? I mean, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Whoa. Um, they both got killed, right? Yeah. yeah. They didn't kill each other. No, no. I mean, but the, the crews did. That's true. True. It's the rivalry. There you go. There you go. <laughs> okay. Um, so does that happen in the beer world? <laughs> to my knowledge, not yet. All right. What, what does a West Coast IPA mean? So West Coast IPA, if you think um, it's more the piney, resinous kind of 
hops profile. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. The East Coast are more tropical fruit. You're hazy. Okay. You know, the fruitier IPAs versus the resinous piney kind of IPAs. If that makes sense. Yep. So this is just that more traditional West Coast. Our Shaka IPA was more of that. That's the one I'm familiar with. Fruitier tropical fruit basket kind of thing. And this is more of the traditional. Both are very um, retain, restrained bitterness, but high flavor and aroma. Beautiful can. Thank you. I like that on the camera. This this looks good. I love how this is turning. This turned into like a beer tasting. Just beer tasting. Yeah. That's what happens. Yeah. It's good. We'll have to get that one next. This one's great. Um, what beers are in the pipeline? So we've got a, we actually have a New England IPA that we're canning out here in another what month is, or so. What is that? Uh, Phil Harbor and um, Thialized East Strain is kind of a, a thing that's been taking off in that, the brewing industry. This is the new thing? Kind of. Um, and it's a yeast strain that provides a lot of like ester quality. So esters are like the fruity. So <clears throat> think about a Hefeweizen. Most people had a Hefeweizen. Mm-hmm. That banana flavor yeah. in the Hefeweizen is an example of an ester. It's a secondary compound made by the yeast strain during the fermentation process that has the flavor that's chemically identical to the flavor of a banana. But there aren't bananas in it. Okay. Right. And so it's got like a lot of these almost like strawberry-ish, berry-like flavors really? to it and stuff. Yeah, really. We've got a uh, beer on tap right now called Le- Red Letter that we use that same yeast strain in. It's like a red ale, but with that, it provides this really nice fruity kind of ester flavor. It's really nice. So we use that in a hazy New England style. Okay. That's coming out. Uh, we're canning that sometime in March. And then at the same time, we're doing a lemon lavender lager. Oh, that'll be good. Going to be pretty good. And when in the spring? Uh, Same time. Same time we're canning. We're canning on the same day. So we have two bright tanks. So when we do a canning run, we do two products in the same run. Okay. How many cans do you get? um, Just depends. We can do... It it really just depends on the style of beer that we're doing. Um, Our system is 20 barrels. We have some 40-barrel tanks, and a barrel is... Uh, 31 gallons because U.S. systems make so much. <laughs> so, Very random. You, know, you can just do all this math to kind of get there. Like, but okay, yeah. uh, it really just depends. But think about like a a pallet full of beer, okay, okay, you know, of cases of beer up to you know six feet high or something like that is kind of our typical canning run. And what's the vinyl chloride concentration in these beers now? Um, hopefully 0. 0. <laughs> 0. 0.000 something. Because <laughs> I was like, it leaches into everything. They were saying like people down to like Louisiana because the way the Ohio River goes. Yeah. Like it's got to be so diluted by the time it gets down there. Yeah, just, just dilute it. Solution to pollution. <laughs> it's dilution. That's what they do. That's what they do. Or to the solution to pollution is just burn it into the atmosphere. <laughs> Anyway, um, all right, let's talk about Colorado. Yeah. So I have a question. Okay. He's <laughs> got a question. In Colorado, outside of maybe like some like crazy peaks that would be impossible to climb, not impossible, but is there any place that's unreachable in Colorado? Well, that's where Interesting the Sasquatch was seen. That's what um, I'm talking about. Okay, yeah. That's where like this the still, goats and a lady still bothers me. walking them. Like a <laughs> place a human can't get to? Yes. 
but not like the obvious like yeah there's some like really rocky peaks that are probably just like <clears throat> for like a average do you want to like, go to this place no, i want to know what place <laughs> is untouchable and then we want yes then we want to go Such an interesting right. question i know do you do you know Scott? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, any answer would be speculation, but no. I, I would assume the actual answer is one of those like jagged, rocky peaks that are there. You think there's just like some dude's backyard <laughs> acreage that no one's ever been to? Yeah, there's got to be something. That's where they are. That exists in Ohio. <laughs> That's where they are. <laughs> yes, yeah, Scott. We haven't talked about Bigfoot yet. Both Sasquatch That's and the aliens are. are hanging out. Sasquatch <laughs> is an alien magician. I mean, clearly, the UFOs are being <laughs> launched from there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it's got to exist in every state, right? Mm. Not in Ohio. Yeah, there's got to be a a parcel of land that nobody has been to. There has to be somewhere in, in somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. In Ohio, though? It's probably like really an ugly, unattractive piece of land. But in Colorado, it would be cool. You know? I mean, we can we can go. <laughs> how can you go if you don't know where? I don't know. That's why you're asking him. I don't know. How is he going to know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea. I mean, um, it's probably more about access, though. So you right. Go more, right. You know, so like, where's the hardest part of Colorado <laughs> to access? Yeah, it's got to be a deep in the mountains. It's right? gonna be yeah. It's, it's gonna one be... of those peaks. You're like, no, no, not one of those peaks. <laughs> it's one of those like spires, you know. Definitely gonna be west of the divide and either far north or deep south, you know, and probably one of those places that's like the most remote place from a paved surface is probably your answer, mm-hmm. because how do you get back there? And then the most remote place from a four wheel drive location, so you would have to physically walk to get there. What is that? I have no idea. It's a very interesting question. That was the least. <laughs> if you were to ask me what I thought you were going to ask him, that would have been lowest on the list. Well, think about like think about like Nevada, okay? Yeah, there, yeah, yeah, that exists in Nevada. Yeah, just out like, in the desert, just like nothing. New Mexico. Yeah, we all seen Breaking Bad. I've seen like four episodes. I've seen three seasons. I know. I need to finish really? it. I enjoyed the popcorners commercials. This shocks. I can't stand it. Really? Yes. It's not a bad show. What? It's, it's not bad. It's just not entertaining enough. Okay. And, so every, and the answer I get is like, oh, you just got to keep watching. It's a pretty good show. Well, like, yeah, because I mean, most humans that have seen it would rank it as one of the best shows. I agree. Made. I agree. Everybody are talking. That's like Pulp Fiction. I can't yeah. stand that movie. That's oh, also a great movie. No. Also a fantastic movie. Yeah. yeah. No, I hate oh. that movie. Why? Why? Okay. Yeah. Let's dig into this. Why? It's Royale with cheese. No. <laughs> I just, I can't stand Tarantino. It's a little weird. I can't stand the dialogue. I like Tarantino. Okay. I'm a fan. I still haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, though. Okay. And Glorious Bastards was awesome, though. Yeah, because killing Nazis. Yeah. But I just. Django Unchained? No. Good movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I was Tarantino. I like Tarantino, but he's definitely very particularly stylized. Mm -hmm. For sure. In a way that, like. Kill Bill? Anyone? No. Every movie is gross. kind of the same movie. I just, I just can't. I just, it's too much dialogue for me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what do, what do you like? Train wrecks, <laughs> spilling chemicals into the air. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's it? White noise? Is that hey, that yeah, movie? Yeah, okay. I've, I've, I'm caught up on The Last of Us. That's pretty awesome. It's a good show. I haven't seen that yet. It's so a good show. Pedro Pascal. Yeah. El Chileno. Oh, yeah. He's oh, great. Yeah, he's great. Awesome. It's, it's. Uh, my Chilean friends are freaking out about. 
Pedro Pascal because he's like really national pride. Oh in, yeah, in Hollywood. Yeah. He's like literally like this. He's this always, shouldn't make him the national pride. It should have been like Mandalorian. All, oh, it should have been Mandalorian or uh, uh, Narcos. Narcos. Yeah, well, him escorting a child across something. That's, that's, basically, like what, that's basically, basically what a, he does. That's the plot of Mandalorian. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. It's like right. the same thing. Yeah. I haven't watched Last of Us yet because I'm kind of waiting for it to finish so I can just binge it. You know, I have been, my wife and I are complaining about how we have to wait. Yeah. And I'm like, we just need to just wait, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, wait 10 weeks. Yeah. Just wait 10 weeks and then binge it. That's I like that strategy. Yeah. The problem is I get all the TikToks for it. So like yeah, but if you just swipe past them really fast, the the algorithm will know. This guy has not seen it. (laughs) I don't talk many ticks either, so you gotta get you gotta get the Endeavor social media person on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, we should we should probably make that happen. Yeah, it's the new platform. Although it might be banned soon too. That's probably it's like Chinese, right? So super Chinese, (laughs) just like the spy balloon. Yeah, I did read that. I was like. They're banning TikTok on U.S. government devices. I'm like, that's probably a smart move. Yep. You know? That happened a while ago. I know. Trump was going to ban TikTok. No, he wasn't going to ban it. He was going to force Microsoft to purchase it. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. Should have done it. Would have been a good business move. That was like three years ago. All right. Anyway, back to Colorado. (laughs) (laughs) You have any other questions? No, because I don't... We instead of doing the Colorado Trail, we should go Bigfoot hunting. You want to go find the most remote place in yeah. Colorado? There, okay, so there's actually right the Sasquatch Outpost. Are you familiar? Yeah. Well, I know we we almost went there at one time. Yeah, so down in Bailey, Colorado, is a place called the Sasquatch Outpost. It's where they are, right? Well, it's it's a uh, it's a museum. <laughs> With a what's with the air quotes with an extensive <laughs> gift shop attached to it. Um, it's a store, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really it's really it's a store. It's really a fun, cool place. Um, and they do in the local newspaper out there, they publish this little thing called the Sasquatch Chronicles. I've seen this. That's yeah. I think I've sent you guys yeah. some clips of that, and it's it's fantastic. And they actually go out on squatch hunts and like organize tours and because Meldrum's not going to take us on a trip. I know we've been we've been having this podcast with like the only academic that does this, yeah. and we're like, take us out to Idaho. Yeah, let's get some foot casts. Let's go look for the Loch Ness monster. We did some of that too. I think I did. We last time we were on here talk about how like I was on here with you guys like a couple weeks after. Oh, after him, and there was a couple that met at Endeavor, and then got married, and they did their engagement photos at Endeavor. And so I met them there like early on a Sunday to like unlock the doors and let them and the photographer in. And we just started talking and she was out like in the Rockies. She was like a field biologist and was telling me a story. She's like, oh yeah. And then this like random dude came up and he was like, oh, you told me about you know, this. And like, Is this the wolf he was biologist? out looking for it. Yeah, 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 exactly. And yeah. She, they were, he's like, oh, I'm out looking for Bigfoot. And they started talking to him. And so she told me, I was like, wait a minute. Wasn't it this guy? And like Google searched Jeff Meldrum on my phone. But yeah, that was him. And then that's pretty funny. Well, my my buddies literally just had them on there. Just talk to him. YouTube channel. We had him on a few months ago for round two. Nice. Yeah. I love that man. He's interesting to talk to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Super interesting. And, And you can tell like he really wants to take a scientific technical Totally. edge on all this and it's difficult with it's, all the it's, it's difficult with all the the craze over bigfoot and he's like really trying just like let's stick to the science and 
there's like it, yeah. it's difficult. I, I must admit that my uh, my buddy Eric literally last night I think uh, you you met Eric mm-hmm. yeah I go backpacking with him and uh, he sent me a link to Brooks Cascadia's running shoes yeah. like trail runners uh, that he's been using for a while and they made a Sasquatch version. Got to get them. Buy it was em. like it was on REI and then I had some REI points and it was like on sale like in the car so I was like so you got them. I ordered them. He got a pair too. So now we're going to be like matching twins. What did, we what's have matching the, Ellie's as well. So what's the Sasquatch edition? Like a, it's yeah. got like a little swatch on the tag and like a pattern on it and like a red shoe layer. I, it's like Does that have like a red. better like sole? I have no idea. I've never worn the shoes. I hope they fit. It's REI so I can return them if they don't, you know, but uh, I was we'll never see. a fan of the Cascadia's. I don't know. He he swears by them. They fit his feet really well. Yeah, I mean that uh, each shoes are so unique to the person. Absolutely. So, and we're both very similar builds, and mm-hmm. I think we have kind of similar feet. So I'm hoping they'll fit me as well. Because if ever a shoe were marketed to an individual, that would that would be the one. They're probably all sitting at the marketing table, and they're like, "How can we, what can we do this here? You know, <laughs> how can we get Scott to buy some shoes?" And if we didn't talk about it already, every can of our beer has a Sasquatch. I know. I gotta find. I'm ready to dip into this. Table. The uh, Emerald Coast one. I haven't found it yet. I haven't seen this. Uh, I haven't seen. I don't want to look for it right now. But yeah, he's, he's like, I know where it is. Let's see if he finds it. Um, it's everywhere. I, well, is it on this one? I don't believe it's on that one. That was sort of a specialty one-off can. What's this vintage MMX? Yeah, so that's the the year. Oh, in Roman numerals. In Roman numerals. And like that that one, again, is sort of designed to be aged a bit Mm. more. So making it sort of an addition that could be aged over time. This was very good. Big fan. Yeah, me too. Okay, back to Colorado. So... (laughs) (laughs) Where we left <laughs> off last year, where do you want to go? What's hey, yeah, like that the segments we did last year were epic from the a, collegiates from views, uh, yeah, West collegiates, right? I mean, just I do, I do, I gotta say something. I've talked to Andy's, he, Andy, he doesn't want to land and go 10,000. I feet. do, I, I say, and Bryce says this every year, I don't want to land and go straight to 10,000 feet. And we do it every year. So I might go out and acclimate a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like we're just going to keep going deeper in. in, And I feel like it's not like the elevation is going to get lower. Well, remember that where we were around the Leadville area is where the Rockies peak. Really? The biggest mountain, the tallest in terms of elevation mountains in the Rockies are Mount Elbert, which you climbed. That's true. And Massive is number two. Right next door to it. So if we go to the San Juans. San Juans are slightly lower elevation. I mean, you're still, it's the deep Rockies. You're going to be working in trails. Still 9, 10, 11, 12,000 feet, kind of in that range. And some passes will be up. Sleeping at 12,000. Yeah. That was interesting. I mean, I've never slept that. It was above. It was like 12,2 or something that last night. Yeah. That was like, you like really feel it. At least I did. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you're like, oh wow, yeah, we're super high. Um, I the uh, yeah because of the elevation because of the elevation because of the elevation yeah because of the implication yeah it was it's not preferable. <laughs> I struggled definitely with the elevation, so I'm trying to figure out how to do this so and I, not hate it. I need to get you guys down to Chile sometime. That's higher, right? Uh, yeah. So there's a there's a mountain we could do if you wanted Is to. Is Pedro Pascal coming? We should. 
You should totally reach Tag out to him. and see if we can make that happen. Um, there's a there's a pretty accessible peak just kind of up past in the ski resorts west of Santiago. That when you get up on top of it, you can see Aconcagua, and Aconcagua is just under twenty three thousand feet. I always forget it's so high down there, and it's the tallest mountain in the world that's not in the Himalaya. Oh, okay, how how high can a helicopter fly to rescue you can go you. that high right not 23 i don't think no 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 no. so and i don't think helicopters will go higher than base camp which is like 14 base camp's 14 yeah so plaza argentina is like uh fourteen thousand, give or take feet i didn't know that Most i thought it was high. higher so no. when you go to base camp you still have twelve thousand feet to go yeah so so aconcagua there's a few different routes on it there's the Plaza de Mulas and Plaza de Argentina and there Plaza Francia. So Francia is like the 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 wall. It's like big wall technical climbing. Yeah, only we're not doing that. We're not doing that. I, no, I, I'm not. I, yeah, uh, Plaza Argentina is more. It's a better route, and Plaza de Mulas is like the just pack a bunch of people and try to get them up the mountain mm-hmm. as fast as possible. Um, and a popular way to do it is to go up through Plaza Argentina, but then down through Mulas. So you do like a 360. How long does this take? Um, almost three weeks. Oh, like sh- you're talking like 18, 20 days. But, yeah, but don't you have to like acclimate, go up and down? Up yeah. And down? Does that include acclimation? Correct. Yeah. So you're acclimating during that climb. Okay. Um, I mean, you have to be in good shape. But so basically the, the standard procedure is... You start at, um, it's like a ski resort. Um, God, what's that are the ski resorts uh, super that's high? That's one down hell there? of a ski resort. Yeah, are the ski well, resorts super no, high? I didn't realize Chile got that high. Well, this is, Chile, this is Argentina. So it's on the Argentina. Argentina side. It's based out of Mendoza is basically where you come out of. And then um, Penitentes. So there's a ski resort called Penitentes, which is where a lot of the expeditions depart from. And you actually have about a, a two-night, three-day trek to base camp. And you're kind of like mostly with like backpacks and you hire mules to carry your your stuff yeah, okay. up to base camp. And then you, you camp out. So you're gradually over three days hiking, you know, probably 20-ish mile, 20-some miles over three days, gradually going up. Then you get up to 14,000 feet base camp and you take three or four days to rest. Just to hang out. But then you'll start. Did a party. There are some parties and people, so the guides, the guides that are like already pre-acclimatized, yeah. this is like they're, you know, they do multiple tours a season. Um, they'll get up there and they'll drink and like they'll, they'll have some fun and they'll keep some stuff up there. You know, it's like, kind I'm of, opening the West coast. IPA. I'll do it. Um, and then you'll start kind of ferrying loads where you'll climb up. So climb high, sleep low, where you'll move mm. a bunch of stuff up to camp one and you go back down to base camp and you'll sleep and then you'll decide to move camp. Or you'll take everything up with you to camp one, sleep there, rest a day or two, ferry your load up to camp two, come back down and sleep. Okay. Then move camp up. I see. And then there's typically, traditionally, base camp, camp one, camp two, camp three or four, depending on how you're doing the math, what you're calling them. Um, you can sleep at Piedras Blancas or wherever that is up high. And that's, you know, you're sleeping at. 18, 19,000 feet Ugh, up there at high camp and then doing a summit bid up to just shy of 23. So well, typically about 4,000 feet. That's so high. Yeah. I didn't realize <laughs> then, it was uh, the South yeah. America got that high. Yeah, it's, the uh, again, the second highest range in the world. So 
Yeah. What's what, the name? What's the what name? Are the the range? What are the temps during the climbing season? It's cold. Well, yeah. And so remember, like, um, what is it? Like three and a half or four degrees Fahrenheit for every thousand feet of elevation gain is sort of your temperature drop purely for elevation. Right. So it's it's cold up there. Um, what's the hiking season? It's summer. Summer there. Which is winter here. Winter here. Okay. So it's really <clears throat> Christmas, New Year's, you know, December, January, February kind of deal. You've done this, right? Correct. Yeah. When did you do um, it? Um, 2014, 13, 2013. Was it really hard? Um, it was, it's hard. I like mean, it's how not, hard is the actual climb? It's not super technical. You need an ice axe and crampons when you're up. I've never high. heard the, the terms, it's not super technical, and you need an ice axe in the same sentence. But you don't need to be on a rope team. That's good. So unlike Denali, you need to be rope team, roped up, that kind of stuff. Um. Because Denali, you like you fly in a ski plane onto you, a glacier. I remember you telling you me this. Literally, never step off snow or some exposed rocks. Is this snowy? That was my next. It's got to be um, at some up high. You get some snow fields and packs and stuff, but there's a lot more rocks than okay. snow on Aconcagua. So really, it's more of a test of altitude and endurance. Am I wearing a helmet? Is um, this one of those things? Going up the Kular, depending on conditions, you may or may not. Denali always, if you're on a glacier. Do we have people? packing our stuff for us you can hire porters do people do that no Most okay people don't. seems like it's frowned upon yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, my it's own very stuff. common to have mules carry your stuff to base right 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 but i mean from there okay and from there so you're carrying, kind your, of own carrying your own stuff okay. yeah got it and that's like a you know you can hire a guy to schlep your stuff up if you want but it's typically but not. we don't do that okay not like in big himalayan peaks where like you have a sherpa right Okay, no Sherpas. Yeah. All right, I got my own stuff. And Denali, that isn't even really an option. Yeah. That's okay. You have sleds, you're pulling your own stuff. So I got to carve out three weeks of PTO. Wait, Denali to South America. Yeah, yeah. You have a sled attached to your backpack that you have stuff in. Like a polk. Yeah. And you have, you know, on your rope team, so you're connected to someone, someone's sled and all this kind of stuff. Wait, you're pulling polks up Denali? Basically, like, like little kids know like plastic that. I had yeah. no idea. That seems like it would make things harder. <laughs> well, when why, you about why? Because there's no mule, no porter support at all. Okay, so and you so have to haul just tons of gear. You have to haul tons of gear, food. <laughs> but you're not hauling fuel. that all the way up to Nolly, are you? No, you typically bring that to base camp. Okay. And then once you get to advanced base camp, um, you leave the sleds behind. There's more climbing. But yeah, you got to get everything up to that point. That's kind of why I use the sleds. Um, but the peak I was going to suggest is called El Plomo, which is the gray. And when you get up on top of that, you can see Aconcagua behind it. And it's kind of like a, a three-day kind of deal. Like a bit of a trek in and then a little summit bid. And it's non-technical. There's like a little tiny snow field right yeah, we don't want We don't want technical. Yeah. That, yeah. Just some spikes, you know, like you don't even need to pull crampons. And it's literally like maybe 50 meters across or something like that. Is it uh, super annoying to get down? Like, you got to fly, what, across the world to get down there? I've never flown to South America. It's awesome. Uh, you should come down. It's, it's So it's actually really similar time zone. It's either yeah, the same nice. time zone or it's two hours back. Two hours back. Yeah. And from Atlanta or Miami is typically best from here. And it's basically you leave at like 11 o'clock at night, get in at like 6 o'clock the next morning. Okay. It's like eight, nine hours overnight. Okay. Pretty easy. I didn't realize 22,000 feet. Well, that's Aconcagua. Yeah, I know, Almost but still, what's what's the other El one you were saying? I want to say... It's still high. 
17, yeah, 18. It's like yeah. almost 18. So you could Jeez. get like on a weekend three-day trek, you get to almost 18,000 feet. That's really high. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Back to Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> so where do we want to go? I, I would like to just... Do you want to continue? I would like to continue. And I know it might not be the most picturesque. Well, I feel thing. like that monarch area. So for everyone listening, we finished, started at Twin Lakes. We finished, I'm going to call it St. Elmo. Yeah. And like the the big, like the big, I don't know, trail marker there is Monarch Pass, right? Like that's the, that's like where we would start again. Yeah, probably. Right-ish. Probably. So then where, where would we go from there? South and West. Right? We're not going to San Juan's, Andy? I don't know. Just skip. Let's just skip like 10 segments. Yeah. What segment did we end at? See, here's the number wise. Here's the problem with going that far. It's like time and logistics. Well, here, here's the question. Are we continuing the Continental Divide or the Colorado Trail? It's an interesting question. Because we've been on both. I feel like our chances of seeing a Bigfoot are higher on the Continental Divide Trail. Or UFOs. Now I'm concerned about seeing UFOs as well. I'm in. <laughs> he just wants to see him fire those Sidewinder missiles at him. <laughs> just like, yeah. Don't miss. Dude, I just picked, I just picture that F-22 over Myrtle Beach and all the people. I know. How funny is that? <laughs> they shot it down like off the coast of Myrtle Beach. I know. All these people partying. Yeah. America. Yeah. <laughs> China. <laughs> Okay, so it sounds like <laughs> I'm in favor of going deeper, deeper and deeper. But I know his point is it's really hard to get there. You've done the whole thing, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, that section of the Continental Divide. I haven't done the whole Colorado Trail. So you want to do the CDT? No, you've done um, the CDT. Well, I mean, that was 20 years ago. What's you your know? vote? Have you got to pick? I, CDT no. or Colorado Trail? Well, well, here's the thing. I think we... The decision is whether we collectively continue the trail. I'm not married to the trail. I just think it's it's pretty and it's nice. And there's there's a, there's a poetry to just kind of picking up where you left off. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but the other option is like let's just pick a really cool section and go there. And it's Colorado, so yeah, literally anything That's we the... choose is going to be better than almost anywhere else in the world. So I thought Fair. I thought that so. Prior to desolation, that section of the CT that we did last summer was the prettiest backpacking. The collegiates were amazing. The other option is doing the east. Going what? The other way? Oh, 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 the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you done that? Everyone rags on it. Yeah, I mean, once you've done the west, probably the east wouldn't make sense. No, I I haven't done the east. Everyone says go go to the San, San Juans. San Juans. But that's like, you know. That's an hour or two, I think, west of where we ended. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Durango takes some time to get there. I know, there. I know. And That's a problem. Um, well, I mean, it just depends on timing and what we can do from a logistical perspective. Does time of year play? That doesn't play into that decision, right? It's going to be about the same. Right, regardless of where you go on that yeah, on that beast. We're looking at July. Right, which was, I think was, was perfect. perfect. It was perfect. It really is. Perfect, perfect, perfect last year. Hey, you know... Uh, so Spagiver just showed up in the chat. What's up, Spagiver? We should be talking to him about these balloons. Yeah. Our buddy Spagiver is a YouTuber. He's a, a formal, a f- former 
military aviator. This is the guy you were... No, different oh, guy. Different we know a few. Different guy. For, we know some military people. Okay. Um, he would, he'd actually be a perfect person to ask about it. Uh, I got yeah. questions. What do you want to know? Ask him. No, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have our own. I want the colonel on. You just want to know why our guns can't shoot through the balloon thing. <laughs> and why we're missing... And why are we paying $400,000? I want to know what happens to the missile when we miss. Because this was in Canada. Yeah, Spagiver, what, when you when a Sidewinder misses, what does it just like crash into the ground and explode, or does it self-destroy? Probably went into Lake Huron, right? So yeah. I have a dad joke question. Okay. <laughs> Is that why it's a missile? Oh, <laughs> that's a pretty good. That's it's a pretty really, good one. Really You've been pretty hot with I, the dad jokes I lately. I know. You are dad. Um, dad times two. No. Those are the questions. Yeah, and why won't the? I feel like four hundred grand for one of those is like not a bad it's, price. It's probably not, but I mean the plane is like fifty million. And Spagiver, why are they saying that the cannons on the F twenty two potentially wouldn't be effective against balloons? Answer. It's a good question. There we go. Top it off. What else? Get them all out. No, that's it. That's it for now. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. What are these other three? Screw the Chinese one. We know what that is. I want to know what the other three are, and then, which we'll never know, if they're increasing the threshold to find these things, how many of these little things are up there? And is it some amateur balloon club? Should we sponsor an SBO? Okay, first first answer from Spagiver. They said that the, the mist sidewinder went into the lake. Okay, all right, good. Yeah, good. good. The mist. Does it blow up? Yes. Yes, MacGyver, does it blow up or does it just like Does crash? it go into the water? No walleyes were killed. Or salmon. I feel like I, I, I'd like to know. Like, surely it's like, all right, miss. <laughs> don't don't detonate. Hey, go. And, and when they shoot the missile, do they do the thing like they sit in the movies? Like, like Rogue 3, Fox 2, like that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd like to know. that. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I'd like to know if they do that as well. <laughs> I'm just thinking of that movie Independence Day. He's like, you know, Eagle Two, Fox One, and then they say it really dramatically and then click yeah. the thing. Or, so, or Star Wars, you know, where they're like, yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. said, in reference to the cannon, sounds like bullshit. Twenty millimeter rounds would be easily shred that shit. All right, so he's <laughs> <laughs> so Andy and Spiver are on the same page yeah, there. Yeah, it's another conspiracy. So why didn't they do that? Yeah. So why wouldn't they use the cannon? It's a great question. We need the admiral on here or the colonel. Maybe they're just like let's well, let's use some missiles. The, the, <laughs> it's like way cooler. The cannon yeah. would be significantly cheaper, I would assume. Right. Uh, I think. So do we have any maybe 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 we just haven't had enough chance to like use these in. Action. Maybe we're yeah yeah we're like we can't use them in Ukraine. Let's <laughs> yet justifying. Dude, budget. speaking of Ukraine, oh. it is insane to me. That I go on reddit.com and I can watch POV GoPro footage of these dudes fighting. You could do that with Afghanistan stuff. I just feel like it wasn't as readily available. Like I'm on social media and I'm watching like Ukrainian soldiers like shoot and kill people. Like obviously I'm not seeing them kill people, but like I'm seeing trench warfare in the Ukraine. No, it's, it's, it's insane. It's all trench warfare now. I know. There's, there's no there's no air game anymore because there's too much uh there's too much anti-aircraft. 
I watched this dude in a trench and he had an RPG and he just stuck it up and blind fired the <laughs> RPG. And then, yeah. And then he had like a red dot on this like AR and he just got there and it's like, and like I was watching from my phone in my cozy home in the United States. I was watching this Ukrainian soldier like fight for his life. Spagiver says one thing with the cannon is that they can't control where they go after they go through the balloon. Fair. Okay. But, but they're over Lake Huron. That begs the question. So when the sidewinder misses, they can control where it goes. <laughs> would you rather have twenty? Kind of makes sense. Would you rather have twenty millimeter rounds? Just going a, 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 a going into Myrtle Beach or a sidewinder? <laughs> How big are one of those sidewinders? Like this? Is like this table? I don't know. I want to know if they say Eagle One Fox Two, <laughs> yeah. and then they click the thing. Yes, MacGyver. What's the protocol? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like, as if, even if he knew, he would tell us on a live stream, like, this is the Air Force's protocol for firing a missile. <laughs> Scott, what do you have to say about this? Little to nothing. <laughs> we had, it is crazy. We A year yeah, ago, when the when the Ukrainian thing started, we had the colonel on, mm. and we were talking oh, about it. Yes, they can, and they can control where, when, where, and if it explodes. About six Okay, that makes miles. sense. So 400K, at least you get that, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of makes sense. It's kind of like a cruise missile at that point then. Well, it's not like an ICBM, <laughs> which is what you're talking about. Oh, I see. No. No. We're in over our heads here. <laughs> yeah, we need more experts. Anyway, a year ago, we had this dude on, this colonel, and we were talking about the, and everyone thought like, it's going to be over in the six months. Yeah. But then I was like, like Russia will do this. This will be like 10 years. Yeah. It's all, it's all trench warfare now. And it's like weapons are pouring in on each side. No, no. Weapons are pouring in on, on the Ukraine Ukrainian side. side. The bodies, are, <laughs> the bodies pouring. are pouring in on the Russian side. Yeah. They just have more bodies. Yep. I heard some like strategists saying like the Russians aren't even going to flinch until a million bodies have been thrown on their side. That's so many bodies. And then, you know, you know, you, you hear like these like, confirmed counts of casualties but who knows whether they're right or not you know because you hear like a yeah. hundred thousand russians have been killed like you know who knows okay they got nine hundred thousand left to go yeah it's it's almost dehumanizing in a way like i mean we, oh it's you know, definitely dehumanizing body count and bodies and like this was thrown these are people like, these are people these are lives these are, it reminds me of that scene from enemy at the gates have you seen that movie i had not for a decade when when like, like, one guy gets the gun one yeah. guy gets the ammo and like that's what russia is doing just like sending body i know it's crazy it's just it's yeah i, I think that it just really puts it into perspective you know when you when you when you try to humanize it and you just consider what's what it's just so at what cost at what cost and for what yeah. reason like we're, we're talking about these like artificial Borders of bullshit. It's Sorry. also like crazy <laughs> like just, that like I I, the the country of Ukraine, like there are probably people in Ukraine podcasting right now. Like the course. country goes on. You know, like Kiev, there's nightclub. Like there's people going out to restaurants. I mean, there's like life in that country is going on with some crazy military conflict happening like miles away. And I can watch it on my phone. It's crazy. Yeah, it's really probably the biggest thing ever to like just be able to watch. I, re like I remember, I, I, don't, I, don't, I remember, yes. I remember in, I remember this vividly in 2004. Yeah. 
when we invaded Afghanistan. I was on spring break. And I remember you could turn on the TV and you could watch the war. Yeah. You could watch tanks rolling in. And I was like, this is so bizarre. And it has an interesting effect because I, I do think it humanizes it a little bit more. But like, imagine if in the 40s, people could turn on the TV and watch like Hitler's troops, you know, storming countries. You know, it would, it yeah. changes it, you know? Trenches in World War One. Yeah. Oh. And I'm watching this Ukrainian dude, like literally shoot and kill people. I mean, I'm not seeing him kill people, obviously, but like I'm seeing, the, it, it's crazy from my phone. And then we're just in our little podcast studio here. Yeah, and, and uh, the United States is like, just uh, keep throwing money and let these people kill each other. It's way cheaper than fighting Russia directly. I, I know. That's for sure. But I think this will go on for a long, a long, long time, unfortunately. Oh, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I don't, doesn't have to. Well, how would you fix the, how, how what would you do? Force, yeah, force people to sit at a table and talk about it. Kind of like what we're doing right here. Yeah. Let's get, let's get Zelensky and Putin on the podcast. <laughs> let's get them up there. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> I mean, to his point, like you guys are just killing each other. What's the point? I know. So, so stop. It Put terms on the money. Put terms on the money. Somebody needs to sit down and start talking because, like you said, you're just killing people. Just killing people. 19-year-olds. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. You're just shoving people into trenches. It is interesting that yeah. it's trench. I feel like military technology has yeah. progressed to the point where, like, yeah. Here's an AK like the from US, 1982. Like, like the U.S. Some rusty like, magazines. We would just drone strike people. You know, like, yeah. I don't think we'd be in trenches. I don't know. And then, you know, I'm also, I've got a lot of Ukrainian war TikToks, as you can't tell. I'm seeing, like, people using, like, the drones that I have. Yeah, the my little DJI drone. And they're strapping grenades to it. And they're flying over and dropping them. It's actually incredible. They're dropping them, like, in, like, tank portholes and they're, but they're using like hundred dollar consumer drone technology yeah. so my follow-up question is are you guys going to use a spy balloon with the camera mounted to it we got the drone trip? we got the drone well i think a balloon would be pretty it'd be cool, way cooler right? it'd like be you, way cooler you tie it to your back yeah it'd be way cooler balloon up yeah there yeah floating we we'll make bryce we'll make bryce carry it we'll, we'll tie <laughs> it to bryce <laughs> a bird will attack the balloon and his shirt have you ever been up in a hot air balloon I have not. I will, see will those you a now? lot. <laughs> will you now? I see them. Like when I was at Reno, I see them. And I'm like, this is actually pretty cool. Yeah. It'd be a cool thing to do. Or where they like suspend a, a kitchen. T- have you seen that? Where they suspend like a dining apparatus. Oh, like the uh, the Super Bowl Rihanna thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no. I mean like you can like, they have them in Europe. You can like go to a place and they, they take a hot air balloon, but they suspend an entire like, kitchen table and chairs on it and they take you up and you have dinner like 300 feet up in the air it's a thing yeah it's wild i mean you're obviously like you're strapped into the chair do you have to wear a parachute (laughs) no you're not like that high 300 feet you're high enough to wear like if there's a problem but you're like there's no point for a parachute yeah like you're not high enough to where a parachute's gonna be effective (laughs) like i'm bailing this sucks (laughs) That's a real thing. Let's stay in the automatic death zone before yeah. you have the option. <laughs> okay. Well, we, we've made no progress on the Colorado <laughs> none, trail none, trip. None whatsoever. Uh, we should have, who planned it last year? Your, your uh, other YouTuber. Girl partner. plus dog adventures. Yeah, and yeah, she did yeah. a great job. I actually think she gave us uh, trip suggestions 
to continue with. So oh, I think I still got we that. Should, we should totally. Yeah. It's really nice when other people send us Excel documents planning our trips for us. It actually happens a lot. It's very I mean, helpful. I, I'm not opposed to I know, that. Yeah, I know. Idea. Um, so. She had an aggressive schedule, though. And, like, I'm telling him, too, to... I don't know if I one. I don't know if I can do the get in and go straight to ten thousand, and then I don't know if I can do that and then do you know fifteen plus mile days every day. That was you know I struggled a little bit. Me and Bryce did. So I just, I think the solution might be to go out there before you guys and just like hang out for a few days. Yeah. That's what I've done the last. I know. I know. You've had an unfair advantage. <laughs> Scott's been for out sure, there sure. yeah. acclimating. So maybe that's what I do, but yeah, it's every every year I do it. And I'm like, I have to uh, change my approach here because this is brutal. It's gonna be the same. It's gonna be the same. <laughs> I, I, you know, six months from now, I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> fly, we literally fly into Denver, land at 9 p.m., and the next morning we're already at 7,000 feet hiking up. It's brutal. All right. Did we cover it all? Are there any? Do you want to? I never got a, a response to the. What do they say when they? Click the missile thing. <laughs> no, no, you never got one. I mean, you would like to know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know? I think everyone would like to know. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's the actual. Do the, do the pilots even fire it? Or is it like controlled by computer or something, you know? I think the pilot has the. And do the F-22s, ha- are they a two-seater? No. So there's not like a guy. There's not they like a Wizzo. They probably have a. They have, probably you seen have, a top, have you seen Top Gun Maverick? I, Weapon I systems operator? They probably have a trainer on, on HBO Max or whatever. It's a good movie. Amazon or Paramount or whatever. With a, wi- a, a Wizzo, that term. Wizzo. Weapons system oh, operator. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure so they make a F-22 trainer. My, my question with two, two, yeah. My question from Top Gun Maverick: How is a lady who's running a dive bar on a military base? Have like a high speed performance yacht boat. She did have a very good sailboat. And like a vintage Porsche. I don't remember the Porsche. Like, I, I remember yeah. the sailboat in San Diego. Yeah, the, the sailboat and the Porsche are like, how how is this generational wealth? Maybe, maybe she had wealth. rich parents. I, w- I would assume generational wealth. Maybe she just like invested her well her parent, early. Her she bought started Blackstone. There you go. <laughs> she bought, bought, she bought, bought Microsoft. Microsoft. <laughs> Apple. Maybe she bought a bunch of Apple stock. That's your first That's your first thought. Like I was a dark barber. Because I watched the movie and I was like, yeah, they're on a nice sailboat. The only unbelievable thing about that movie, the only unbelievable thing is the boat. It's a good movie though. Did you enjoy the movie? It was fun. Yeah, I mean it is exactly what I It's up for it's up for best picture. Isn't that laughable? It's a good movie. It was exactly what I expected it to be. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah, yeah it's, it's fun. fun. Yeah. 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 I never thought about what you brought up about the yacht and the Porsche relative yeah. to her occupation. Yeah. Maybe she's like into some really shady. Yeah, she's laundering wealthy. money. She's yeah. laundering money. Really? She's financing the uh, Russian aggression. No, <laughs> if, if, if she's stealing stuff from the base and selling it on the black market. <laughs> So I mean, so, so clearly, she, I 400 mean, grand a pop. What is that 200 grand differential you've been talking about? Like that's, that's, she's <laughs> he keeps saying, say, we looked it up 300, 400, oh. 381,000. You said, yeah. And they're different variants. Isn't that 400 just last? Isn't that insane? A missile, one missile costs as much as a nice house, you know, just one. Yeah. And like, it's, 
that's nothing compared to the cost of the aircraft, the price to operate it on a per hour basis. But think about it this way too. They're probably not like blowing through sidewalk. I mean, how, I wonder how many you get to shoot like when you become like a fighter pilot it's, for training. Th- th- it's greater than zero yeah. is the amount that they <laughs> shoot in training. Yeah. They, they're probably dummy ones. Those are probably like 50 grand. No, I bet they get to shoot a real one. You think? That's like you're, you, you, like you're in the F-20. Like it's, like, it's like the equivalent of when they rip your shirt off when you first solo. It's like, all right, you get one sidewinder. <laughs> yes. But do they put a... Choose it wisely. Do, do they put a drone up for you too? Don't they do that for military training? I would think they so. They have like fake drones and stuff. And in to- Top Gun, they have the, what do they call them? They have like the bad guy squadron uh, yeah. that they shoot at. I don't know. But they probably have like a drone or something. Where you can- I feel like these are more questions for Spagiver. <laughs> yes. How does it actually work? And how many sidewinders <laughs> do you get to shoot off when you first get in the F-22? <laughs> to complete like your certification. I like how he called, he agreed with you on the 20 millimeter cannon and why he think that's, that's BS. But I guess it's a valid point from a safety concern where you could have more control over a sidewinder missing. I mean, aren't they shooting out into the ocean? Does it matter? <laughs> We've dissected this yeah. well more than we should have. All right. All right. Anything safety else? Third. Anything else? No. Scott. This was great. Yes. Thank you for bringing the, uh, the smorgasbord here. Of course. Um, Spagiver says he could answer so many of these. All right. All right. We might have to have him on, <laughs> yes. and our, our, our aviation warfare expert. Um, if you're in Columbus, check out Endeavor Brewing and Spirits in yeah. the Grandview area. Come get. You can't get this beer. You can't get that beer. But you, you can, can get, get this the, one. The other three. Can you can get those. Yeah. Nine um, West Fifth Avenue. There we go. And there's a link in the description. Check them out. They have a social media presence, all that stuff. Uh, and we'll be going backpacking with Scott this year, a little bit later. Thank you, sir. Yep. Thanks. And we'll see everybody later. Bye-bye. Bye.